I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. Hi, welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Gibb. It's great to have you here. I just love this podcast because I really believe in helping you to unlock your life's stories. You have incredible stories, and I want you to begin to share them with the world or share them maybe more unapologetically, more authentically, because it's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. So if you just said, hell yes, then welcome. You're in the right place, and I'm glad that you found this podcast. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. You probably do too. I see it as a powerful platform that we can all share our message and it's directly linked to a decrease in mental health. Lots of times I feel like I'm literally watching my brain rot as I'm scrolling through, right? And yet at the same point, I've been on social media for more than 10 years professionally, like literally a part of my work, my business has been the need to be on social. So I feel like I have, I don't know if I want to say unique but I have a very long-standing relationship with social. So how do you find a balance? I want to know, honestly, I want to have this discussion. Should we really be using social media at all? Are some platforms better than others? I sat down with my client and friend, Rochelle Indra, who's a clinical therapist turned life coach. We talked all about this. She came to me wanting to grow her impact using social media. So we started out with her having just 200 followers. And a week later, I had 10,000 followers. And then two weeks later, I had 20. And then it just kept building and building. And three and a half months later, I'm at 81,000 followers. And no, before you roll your eyes, this is not a overnight success story kind of thing or like the hacks and tricks to grow your social media. What I wanted to have with her is a conversation I've been hungry to hear in general, especially in the entrepreneurial space about what social media does to us as leaders and creators and the future, frankly, of these entire platforms, these social media platforms on the whole as two people who have built their businesses and movements and have galvanized a following, right? And the other thing I want to say is if you're wanting to grow your platform powerfully and authentically, like if you listen to this episode and you're like, okay, fuck it, whatever, it's my time. I need to really step up my game and you want to go all in, even after listening to this episode, then I'm going to tell you right now that my course, it's the Media Visibility Accelerator. This course is for you. It is built for you. It is the same course Rochelle went through, who you're going to hear from today. I walk you through step-by-step on how to scale your business and your message between all of the platforms, stages, magazines, right? Like old school TV. And then of course, social media, of course, podcasts, and of course, online. And how you can do that without a ton of time, money, resources, the whole thing. That course is linked in my show notes right now. And let's get over to Rochelle. Um, I want to talk about social. I want to get meta for a second. Something that I haven't heard many, let's just say more like business style podcasts talk about is where we feel social is moving into. And if we're doing more harm than good, should we be using social? How do we want to treat social? Like, let's just have that conversation first and foremost, I think. How do you currently feel? No filter, no bullshit. 
How do you feel about social right now? So I feel I'm somebody who's like, oh, God, I wouldn't be on social if I didn't need to, because the little girl that was raised a Buddhist is like, oh, my God, social is the worst thing in the world. And everybody's on it. So you have to meet them where they're at. Okay, so it's like the devil, you know. Right. Exactly. It it, it is what it is. And I think fighting it, like I have a lot of, you know, spiritual gurus or yoga teachers think, oh, I just stay away from it. Yeah. Well, if you do that, then you're not helping the people who are on it. Then everybody is just looking at cat videos and dances. Like, why don't we infuse it with actual help, with actual things that make the world a better place? Like, you're going to tell me like you can stand up on a platform of, you know, a hundred people in the audience and that's okay. But doing it on a social media, suddenly like, Ooh, you know, that's not okay. Okay. All right. So with that, I'm going to follow that train of thought. And I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I've definitely been playing with this idea that my message in general, I want it to be, I mean, my company is called healing media, right? Mm -hmm. I want it to be a healing experience. I don't disagree with you about meeting where people are at, but here's my question. And I'm just openly spitballing with you. Like, I want it to be supportive and nutritive to their nervous system. Yeah. So that's why I found that I really love podcasting is because you can do this while you're taking a walk in nature or driving or taking a shower. Like you're very rarely listening to this, just what, sitting on a mountaintop meditating, right? And there's something about it that can be calming, can be soothing, gives you time to reflect in the same way that I really love hard paper, real books, not on a Kindle. Right. And I like try to have my message get away from screens and I'm concerned. And I have never spoken about this out loud with anyone yet, but like, I'm just concerned that by feeding the machine, by sharing my message on any type of social platform, it's like mainlining white process sugar to their eyeballs. But I don't think you're mainlighting white processed sugar. I think you found a way to put vegetables in the main. Okay. Between the sugar. Absolutely. Because the problem is that if we all, if all the nutritive people stay off of social media, people aren't going to leave it. They're just going to get used to sugar. Mm, Good point. Right. So now you guys are all, we're all off of social media. We're all off of where people really need it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you're a recovery specialist and helping people recover from addiction, but you've never been anywhere near a bar. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, meet people where they're at. Like, yeah. you got to go into the bar. Let's talk about the actual creator. So how do we do this in a way that benefits our nervous system? Because I can tell you stories of me and I'll get into it in a bit, but like there are definitely lots of versions of me, seasons of me that was obsessed with social, Mm -hmm. growing my platform, checking all the numbers and looking for that hit of dopamine and validation from social. I would say that I've worked and I'm getting to a place where I'm not that again. And I feel really authentic showing up. Um, but like, let's just talk tangibly. Like, how do you do this? So it doesn't fuck with you. So I'm not completely there yet. It's yeah. still fucking with me. So I mean, I still, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a massage therapist now every week because I'm destroying my arm and my wrist and my thumb from responding to thousands of comments a day. 
right? Like it's literally destroying my body. And I think how much of my body at 39, am I willing to give away? Like I'm in constant physical pain. How much of that am I willing to give away in order to serve? I also know that TikTok, uh, which is a platform I'm mostly on is rewards, heavy users, mm-hmm. right? So then I know I need to be a heavy user and I love TikTok and I'm just as addicted to TikTok as anybody else. So I have to be constantly careful of it. And I haven't found the balance. The way I've managed it is that I have to be more intentional with my off time. Mm, What does that mean for you? For me, it means more alone time. It means more time. You know, now when I check my, when I'm responding to comments, I'm doing it in the bathtub with bath salts and I'm doing it with beautiful music in the background, right? Like I'm not at the point yet where I can just like, you know what? I'm not going to respond as much, but I'm like, okay, at least I'm going to do it in the bath. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. True story. I'm listening to this podcast and it's with, um, the host of this very big show called call her daddy. The Alex, the, the host just got a $60 million deal and she's interviewing Emily Ratajkowski, Emrata, who has like 20 something million followers, NBD. And Emily goes, I finally have gotten to a place where I can post and then I just don't look at it again. And I also have turned off the comments because there's nothing that you're going to say positive or negative that really is going to like change or affect or should change or affect the way I think about that post. And I thought to myself, that is beautiful. And that's a luxury you get at 20 million followers. And then I thought, is it though? Or is there a way that I can cultivate that where it's like, that's true. And whether or not someone likes the post or not, like what, and I'm not saying I do this all the time, but I've started to post on TikTok in the evening when my audience is most like available. I post at like seven and then I do not look at it again until the next day. And I just let myself be pleasantly surprised or like, oh, wow, that didn't, that did not land. That is the sound of crickets or whole fuck. Uh, there was once I posted at seven o'clock, did not look at it, came back to it at 2 PM the next day, opened the app. And it was like, it has been, uh, 50,000 views and it's been shared like 500 times. And I was like, and then I look at it and I was like, oh, I pulled a Rochelle. I got 174 comments I'm going to have to answer to. Right. But like, yes. it was the most, that is my version. It was the most liberating feeling to put it, say that was true. I feel that that is honest. I wrote that. I said that. Yes. And then watch how many hearts it landed on, you know, but like, but not be constantly needing the dopamine validation of checking it every hour. That's like my happy medium that I've gotten to right now. And I'm, I love that of not wanting that validation that that doesn't change if I was going to post, right? Yes. But I do actually strongly disagree with what I call dumping and running because there's a conversation to be had. And I know as somebody who struggled with anger her whole life, I love to walk in a room and be like, here's what I fucking think. You're all losers. And then be like, oh, and gotta go and duck out. Right. Like my dad has always been like, you say whatever you want, but you have to be strong enough to stand there and listen to what's said back. And so I feel like putting content on and going away doesn't allow for the conversation 
that happens in the comments. And you're right. If you're just there for the dopamine hit, sure. But I'm there sticking around for the conversation that ensues in the comments. Okay. And I really agree. If you haven't followed her yet, obviously you will by the end of this podcast episode. She's fucking amazing. Here's the deal, dude. I, I answer the comment. Like I go into the comments. I just don't do it in real time. I go back the next day and I'm, yeah, I engage. It's not like I don't want to engage. I'm just like, I've said my piece in this moment and then I need to take a break because if not, I found that I'm checking every 10 minutes. I'm updating to be like, do they, do they like it? Did anyone share? Do you like, and it like, how does that serve anybody? And I'm trying to figure out, I'm not, I'm literally bullshitting this with you. Like I'm trying to figure this out in real time. How do I make sure that I'm also my nervous system, my voice, my sanity is getting served in this process too? Because if it isn't, and if you're needing to go to physical therapy every week, like that's (laughs) not, right? Like that's not in service then. And martyrdom doesn't serve anyone. Right. Oh, absolutely. And believe me, that dopamine hit is so real because I noticed I said to my girlfriend today, which was a couple of weeks ago, um, I said, you know what? I'm going to go back on Bumble and to start dating again. And she, this is why she's my best friend. She goes, huh, is it because, uh, last couple of, um, TikToks haven't hit and you need a different dopamine hit? Oh, shit. Right. This is, you cannot have my best friend. I have locked that bitch down. But I was like, she's like, so now you want the dopamine hit of boys that like you? And I was like, okay. Um, wow. We're having a bad connection. Um, wow. That was was cutting out. I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. I just but, uh, I, all the tunnels we have in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have a lot of them. And they just they just put them in now. Uh-huh. Around all the roundabouts. I gotta hear my mom calling. Um uh, yeah, yeah, that was painful. Ouch. So what's the uh-huh. answer? Uh, the answer is I don't have an answer yet. I'm still muddling through it. So I I I mean I I'm gonna sit here and of course I wanna be like, oh, I have the answer. I have the thing to give you. And I don't yet because it's happened so quickly that I haven't found the balance other than to say, I'm forgiving myself right now that I haven't found the balance yet. And when she says it happened so quickly, y'all, it happened quick Ali. <laughs> Very quick Ali. All right. So I meet Rochelle. Let's just back up into the loop, 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 time machine. I meet Rochelle. Um, she's a neighbor. <laughs> Literally, my my neighbor, she lives down the street. I meet her. I think she's super rad. Obviously, you've already fallen. It's 12 minutes into this podcast and you literally are already in love with her. I know. <laughs> Welcome. Get in line. Take a fucking number. And I meet her. I'm like, get on my bumble. Yeah. Get on my bumble. Swipe right. <laughs> Swipe right. Uh, maybe we'll find you a date on this episode. Oh, yes. I'm just awesome. saying. Right. Got a hot, anybody got a hot brother, got a hot brother, got right. a hot neighbor, got somebody that comes to your like yoga class, make it happen. A hot ex-husband. Like I'm right. not picky. Yeah. DM us. Let us know. Yeah. You know what? I'll multitask <laughs> for you. I got you. Right. So anyways, Thank she's you. of course, right. Lovely, beautiful, hilarious, smart, all the things. And then she ends up becoming a student of mine in one of my group coaching programs where she, as always, is like a star student, A plus, fucking rocks it out, asks really interesting, hard questions. She does the work, all of the, like everything you could hope for. So then I'm like, this chick, I want to one-on-one coach you because you're the shit and I find you very interesting and I really want to invest some energy in building this with you because you're the shit. And you're like, okay, 
And we get on, <laughs> literally it was kind of the conversation. Uh, and then we get on the deep dive. And what do I say to you, Rochelle? Um, you say, oh, uh, so I don't really think Instagram is for you. I really think you need to get into TikTok. And I said, well, <clears throat> thank you. But I have 50 videos up. So clearly I'm in TikTok and I have 395 followers. So I'm feeling pretty darn good about myself. So there's really nothing that you can tell me. But because you're a really good coach, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so here's just a couple things I would tweak. And I was like, this is clearly working. I get a new follower every week. So I don't need to hear any of your shit, but okay. Because I really, really enjoy proving people wrong. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's sort of a hobby of mine. Yeah. Some people whittle. Um, I like to prove people wrong. <laughs> so I was like, all right, all right, bitch, let's do this. Okay. Yeah. You're, uh, you're pretty expensive. I want to let you know that your shit ain't worth it. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So I did the changes and, uh, well, it turns out you're worth your salt and it just, yeah, it took her for a couple of reasons. One, I think the things I changed worked also the same week my dog died Yeah, and I went into a deep, I allowed myself the deep depression, deep rest that was needed to grieve and maybe depression is the right word, but I like the deep rest part of deep depression. Um, and the grief, I just let myself go into the grief and I sat there for a while and then said, Oh, what gets me out of, out of, grief out of sadness is helping others. So I was like, well, you know, I got this coaching thing. So I'm just going to make some, some TikToks about coaching and helping people. And I think it was starting out from a place of not being self-conscious, right? My ego was not online. My ego was obliterated. My dog was the love of my life. It was so obliterated that I just did the thing. And I just sort of smoked weed all day and then shot TikToks at night and just my ego my was offline yeah and so i just went from there so i wasn't even aware of what was happening i was like oh i'm getting some comments so okay here i go and a week later i had 10,000 followers and then what happened from there and then two weeks later i had 20 and then it just kept building and building and three and a half months later i'm at 81,000 followers and i have a couple video i have a video that's been seen a million and a half times, a lot of 600,000 and I have thousands of comments. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Hence I'm in physical therapy because <laughs> I'm somebody who likes to answer comments and likes to really make sure that people feel heard. So yeah. So I, and it has taken, and it has been a full-time, a second full-time job for me. And that's not right for everyone. It's, I want to be really honest about it. It's not a, like a part-time side gig that I've been doing. This is absolutely a second full-time job. You have to have the ability to decide what platform your people are at and stop bitching that it's that platform, whatever it is. So like everyone just assumes that it's Instagram, (laughs) but it's not necessarily. It could be LinkedIn. It could be Reddit. It could be TikTok. Okay. It could be Discord. It could be Clubhouse. It doesn't actually really matter. Your ego wants it to be the platform that you think the popular kids are at. Yes. Your ego wants it to be like, but I want to be a cheerleader football. I want to sit at the cool kid lunch table. Your ass is like a dope, creative emo. You're never going to sit at that fucking table. And by the way, all the other dope, creative emo kids that you want to talk to, they're not at that table either. So why the fuck are you even trying to be over there? Yeah. 
it, it's so true because I somehow still put, I, I was embarrassed forever that I was big on TikTok. Like this was so humiliating me. I wouldn't tell anybody. My dad, you know, bless his heart was like, I'm sorry, what? You'd make dance videos? You know, you're yeah. hanging out with 14 year olds. So I was so humiliated for so long. And then I was like, Hey, I have to get over this. And then I put more weight and I still catch myself putting more weight on people who have larger followings on Instagram. Yeah, is of it, course. Or has, have smaller, like, right. Somebody has 10,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, damn, that's amazing. And you're always like, I'm sorry, what? 80,000 followers. Like, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But that's TikTok. That's like, I still, because that's where I think the cool kids. And that's what I wanted for so long. And I did want to make sure that I said that this wasn't people always want an overnight success. And this looks like an overnight success, except that on Instagram, I started making videos at the beginning of the pandemic to help people with the stress and fear and pain. I have 200 videos on Instagram that did next to nothing. There's a year and a half yes. of trying this first, but nobody wants to hear that. Everybody rolls their eyes as soon as I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's not sexy. No, the work isn't not, sexy. The two things that people roll their eyes. Number one, I don't want to make this a full-time job. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. that you have to, you need to hear this from me. I'm not saying that you have to, but when you're just learning, okay, mm -hmm. Rochelle's just learning. I've been doing this as a career for a very long time. So yeah, it takes me about 10 seconds to, to do this. This is not a full-time yeah. job for me, but like, that's also why it's my business is because it's right. not a, like, right? If it's your first time out on the rodeo, like, yeah, it's going to take you a lot of energy. And is it like, here's the question though. Are you going to ask yourself and bitch and moan that you've put in two hours into a post that gets four likes and you're like, what the fuck? I really want to share this message. And you're beating your head against the wall. Okay. Then like, are you going to change your attitude and your action? Which is what Rochelle came to me with, like willing to change your attitude and yeah. your action. And be like, I need to change. Like some, something's not working and I can't see what it is. But I'm dedicated, second and most important piece, to figuring out that why and consistently showing up where you tell me. And yes. you did the and work. Because I, and because I love it. I mean, I love, that's the thing. I love the work. So I don't mind that it's a full-time job. My two full-time jobs, being a life coach and doing TikTok, are my passions. I love them. Yeah. So I am making a choice for a full-time job. I do, I'm not married. And I don't have kids. Yeah. So it is easier for me to put that much time into work. So that's a choice to make it a full-time job. I want to grow bigger. I want to reach more people. I want my message out there more to help as many people as humanly possible. So I don't mind having two full-time jobs because they are my passions and I don't have something else. So for somebody who has got married and kids and this and that, you put in as much time as you want to, but you may not, you may not have 10,000 followers in a week and yeah. that's gotta be okay. For and that you. has to be okay for you. That's the thing. You have to be realistic about what it really takes. And some of it takes way less than you think. And some of it takes way more than you think. I love helping people grow their impact across all the platforms. But for me, for me personally, Instagram especially has been really tough. I felt like a performing monkey for a bunch of strangers on the internet that I'll never meet. That's yeah. the craziest fucking thing that has caused me a lot of stress. Like I've gone into some day long, days long depressions over Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. And if anybody else has done that, like you're not alone. And I don't think we talk about it enough. I have gone into days of questioning my worth, my word, Am I even making a difference? All because 
a post did or did not do well or likes or follower counts or any of that shit. And that's the part that I get frustrated about social. But to be honest, as you mentioned, that really has everything to do with me as well. Like, how do I choose to react to some of this? How do you feel about Instagram versus TikTok, about how you felt about dropping the ego, about fucking honestly showing up and saying what you really want to say and how it felt to finally meet your people? It's interesting how TikTok rewards vulnerability because for me, TikTok is about people who got sick and tired of the Instagram falseness, sick and tired of the cool kid table, sick and tired of looking at assholes on yachts, <laughs> right? We got so sick. I don't that. care about you, Chad and Brad. I don't care. Oh my God. Say right? something interesting. You. I've moved along. I moved on. It wasn't right? that like, great. It, it wasn't, wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. It wasn't, he didn't even take me on the yacht. No. So it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. So I think that's why I don't, because I am just authentic and vulnerable and I swear and I, and I have my very, very specific points of view. It never picked up on Instagram. And I, of course, let myself believe like, oh, maybe, maybe my message isn't that important to the world. Though I was so passionate about my message that I thought, well, the 100 25 people, 300 people who see it, it means something to them. And I'm so passionate. I'm going to keep going. And then I found TikTok. I mean, to the point where literally I have a video that's been seen 1.5 million times now at this point, it's got 10,000, um, 10,000 comments under it. It's like 200,000 times, 200 views on Instagram. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, so I put it on first on TikTok and it just went nuts. The female lead picked it up. I mean, it just went berserk. I had people saying, I'm, they're now showing this in classrooms at schools. This is so important. And I had my dad, my best friend, and one follower on Instagram be like, wow, this is really cool. And I'm like, ah, like, I'm so glad that I put it on TikTok first. So TikTok is for the people who are like, I don't want to see your yacht anymore. I don't want to see your perfect life. I want authenticity. I want grit. I want truth. I want you and no makeup at your table spitballing. I want a best friend. And that is really where I think you and I have really found a place to be authentically vulnerable. And we're rewarded for it because we're rewarded by, and it's not rewarded by the likes or the shares. It's rewarded by the people who comment and say, yes, oh my God, I feel the same way. Oh my God, you put into words everything I have been feeling. It's the shares. You're rewarded by the share. Yeah, The shares is what I am really touched by because I know someone took the time and I know what I do when I send my bestie a TikTok, right? Yes, that's And love. I know that's that feeling, language. that's a love language. That's yeah. a love language. And in the same way, if you're not on TikTok, this would be like when you would talk purely in memes in the DMs. Like when you yeah. sent a meme with no context to your best friend, that's a love language. And so to watch yeah. the shares, you, that means the world to me. And what I love you saying is this, it's not that Rochelle and I, and you at home or wherever you're at, and I, I bet at least twice they've thrown a loofah. This is what we say, Rochelle, on this show. Okay. You've thrown, you're taking a shower, you're listening, you're loofahing your body. And then you know what? Rochelle do drops the mic and you have to throw your fucking loofah down and be like, that's it. That is it. <laughs> Why? Yeah. That's it. So they've already thrown the loofah at least twice on this episode, Rochelle. But that's the deal. It's not that you and I, and it's not that you at home haven't been being authentic as fuck on Instagram, but you're like, motherfucker, why won't 
Why is that not getting to more people? And why is my feed that I'm not interacting with this kind of content, but why is my for you page on Instagram full of like model hairdressing videos and makeup. And I'm like, I'm a granola girl who wants like soulful information. And you're sending me over exposed, filtered, processed bullshit. I don't want it. Yeah. You know why I think cat videos have been so big on Facebook and Instagram? Why? I think cat videos have been so big because it was the only authentic thing on there. Oh shit. She just dropped that one. I started my second Ted talk with the fact that we now watch more cat videos than we do minutes of news. Yeah. Because it's authentic because, because it's authentic. We know that is fucking news real. isn't authentic, right? This is real. This is somebody's house. This is somebody's pet. This is something we can relate to. This is something that we love. This is a being being authentically itself. Rochelle, you so smart, boo. So by the way, I don't watch that many uh, cat videos on TikTok because I don't need to. I don't either. Right? You don't need to. You're getting filled oh up with aut- authentic nutrients by the people that are on there just sharing their life, their vulnerability, their shit. I mean, I love how many people just share the absolute shit of their life so that we don't feel so alone. But also, I will say, I feel smarter. Tell me the last oh, time you yes. said this. Tell me the last time you said this about social. I feel smarter every time I'm done looking at a TikTok when I'm scrolling. I feel smarter after a TikTok session. When is the last time you said that about social media? Oh, God, never. I I learned yesterday about the future of AI and virtual reality. Uh, I learned about what it means to decolonize beauty standards. These are things I learned yesterday. I learned how to train my dog to sit longer Mm -hmm. to be able to put his leash on. I learned all of that. I learned why it's important to lean towards gender neutral terms in all areas of our life and some problematic underpinning of racist terms that we use in everyday life. These are just five of the videos I learned yesterday on fucking TikTok. Then I got to Instagram. A- mm-hmm. Do you know what I saw on Instagram? I saw what? a quote. I saw, it doesn't matter what it was. All I got to say is, I saw a quote. A live, laugh, love quote. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture of a girl in a pretty dress in Paris. And I saw a reel where some chick with about seven filters on her face pointed to random words in the air. That's what I learned from Instagram yesterday. I walk away consistently. If I wasn't so conscious about curating my feed, I would walk away every day feeling more like shit. And it's proven scientifically that young women do on Instagram. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is why my stories on Instagram are mostly just TikToks I've reposted of what people should be seeing. I, I should be being paid by TikTok to bring people over to TikTok because they can't tell me people are like, oh, Rochelle's on TikTok. Oh yeah, good luck with that. And then they start watching my stories on Instagram and they're like, oh shit. Oh. Some of them make you laugh. Some of them make you cry. And some of them are just teaching you stuff. And they're like, oh my God, like there's therapists on there talking. Yes. There's scientists on there talking. There's people having the same life experiences. People are saying things that I didn't know that I felt until somebody voiced it first. I learned this last week 
what co-regulation of a nervous system is and how to begin to do it with my partner. And then Aaron and I had a fight and then we co-regulated thanks to a fucking TikTok video. Yeah. And we learned the difference. We watched this little video and we watched the rest of them because it was a series because that's a thing on TikTok. And we learned the difference between um, co-regulation and codependence and why co-regulation is so important. And then we learned tips and tricks of how to do that. And then we did it and it really worked. Isn't that amazing? Some of the best, because I take pictures on my language of love is words of affirmation. So I take pictures of the amazing comments yeah. that I get. And my, some of my favorite are when a guy starts following my page and he's like, so I'm following your page because my wife, my girlfriend follows you. And then she comes home and makes me watch your TikToks. And then we talk about them over dinner. So now I want to watch them first so that she doesn't have to send them to me so that we can then I come home and I'm like, okay, this is what Rochelle said. Let's discuss. I would just like to say really quickly also, that is true. Aaron saw your video about living, you needing to live alone for a bit, the the advice your mother gave. And he said to me, he sent it to me and said, let's discuss. (gasps) Then I came back and I clicked on it and go, that's my client. Oh my God, no way. (laughs) I shit you not. I haven't told you this. You hadn't told me this. And he didn't recognize you. He didn't recognize you. And he was like, that's our neighbor. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's my client. Remember? And he's like, dude, I thought this was really helpful because this, I totally agree. And it's one of the big pieces of why I love you is because you've consistently lived on your own. And so the way that you create space and the confidence that you have about your own individual life really leads to us having a safe co-relationship. I mean, also he stalks like that, which is just like so hot. Oh, I love it. So I love it. That hot. is amazing. But like, oh, yeah, that is... this happened. Well, oh my God. <laughs> this, the likes and follows are nice, but the fact that Aaron like, knows who I am, um, it's really everything. That, it's pretty everything exciting. And how do you, okay. So we've uh, already converted at least half of the people to the gospel right. of and TikTok. Another thing I want to say that I, I talk to people a lot about on TikTok is that Instagram to me separates people. Yes. Right. It's there for devices to separate the, the haves, the have nots, the good enough life, the not good enough life. One beautiful thing about TikTok is it is a culture in of itself. I know you touched on a little bit of like, oh, this is a culture I don't understand. But I will have no problem like walking into a room now of a bunch of people and I'll say, um, I understood the assignment and do a little thing. And then some random dude, I mean, it's happened to me when I was getting my tires changed. Some guy in the back was like, I understood the assignment and did the same thing. And we instantly were like, yes, we are bonded. We know TikTok. And then he did another one. He was like, don't be suspicious. I don't be suspicious. And then I started going, don't be suspicious. And I'm sure we, 10 more minutes, we would have been thrown out. But um, he worked there, so he wouldn't have been. Fine. I easily could have been. It happens to me all the time where someone will say a little clip of, a TikTok they've watched that we've all seen that bonds us and brings us together in a way that Instagram and Facebook divide. That is an amazing insight. That's right. Y'all that was fucking true and powerful. And what's so fascinating, I'll take it one step further is that when we create the content on Instagram, that is about that, right? Is about Mm -hmm. let's talk of the core nugget of human existence the algorithm does not support that. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It felt like for so long, like it just didn't want me to succeed. And, and that killed me because 
the algorithm changed. So I really want to talk for one more second macro. And then I still want to get to this point with you about how you're able to drop the ego and just show up and not perform because that's another big barrier for people. And it's something that I've been working on and you do so well. So before that, put a pin in it. This other component that I want to chat about is how the algorithm has changed. Now, as somebody that like does this for a living, and I'm not just talking on social, I'm just saying media in general, I watch media trends. I'm a dork. I find this to be very interesting. What happened in the beginning with Instagram is that it wasn't like that, right? Remember when we used to just take sepia tone pictures of shitty food? Like this was supposed to be a up to the minute, just sharing what our life was like. And in some ways, that's why I still enjoy Instagram stories. And I actually do watch stories, but I very rarely watch the feed because in stories, I do feel like I'm still getting that part of the soul of Instagram that I always enjoyed. But the algorithm has shifted, right? And it's just a giant machine. And unless if you're like, but abs, I follow a lot of people who are super authentic and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, they got in early. Yeah. Right. They bought Apple or Tesla stock back in the day. Like they got in early and they built platforms based off of their authenticity before the algorithm punished them, frankly, for it. And so they had enough of their own momentum and even them, because some of them are my clients, some people that you probably think are like pretty badass people who come to me bitching that their views and their likes are down. So this is not just at the small level. This is at the hundreds of thousands of follower level. That's how I I hope that TikTok doesn't change. But that's what I want to share with people now that have such an issue. I did too. I was like, I can't do one more platform. I can't. why do I have to learn one more technology, one more thing? I will say that it's those of us, we're not even early adopters now. So I'm just going to say that you're not, if you get in, this is not early, early, but if you get in now, you can build a platform and have the momentum that no matter what the algorithm ends up changing and doing, you have this, like Rochelle said, people that literally build their day around getting to watch Rochelle's shit and talking about it because she has a message we're sharing and you're going to build an entire community of people. Eventually, I think you'll be in that million follower level of people who look forward to seeing and learning from your content. And th- so th- this is your sign. <laughs> yeah. And a nut, a nuts and bolts I want to, I want to get into first off as much as I was embarrassed for so long about TikTok, and it got, took me a while to be like, Nope, this is amazing. And I love the people and I love the culture. Uh, TikTok is uh, one in three people in America uses TikTok now. Yeah. Yeah. Now. So it's not, you're right. You're not an early adopter anymore. No, um, it is something that, that most people have. And I will say, I think that, so I know that TikTok started of course with the dances and the lip syncs and all this sort of stuff, but they want to take over Instagram. They want to be yeah. the next Instagram in a positive way, right? They want to be where you go first. So they are getting away from people who do the dances and people do lip syncs and they want uh, creator content, they original, want original, thank you. Original creator content. Yeah. So they're promoting that more. And I think that that's me, me and you being in the self-help, um, mental health field yeah. and doing, uh, original content. They're boosting that right now because that's what they want, because that's obviously what people on TikTok want. And they're trying to promote it because they're trying to take over Instagram. So, Hey, that sounds great to me. And it's the antithesis of Instagram. So I want to also, I taught this recently 
I want you to think of Instagram and TikTok. The, again, just two platforms. There's lots of different ones. Find your people, stay there. Stop trying to sit at a party you're not welcome at, whatever that is, okay? But like specifically Instagram versus TikTok. Instagram, I feel like is Spanish and TikTok is Italian. Are they similar? Can you understand some parts of it? Yes, but does it fully translate? No. And that's part of what happens is that what you post on TikTok could blow up and then you post it over on Instagram and it's fucking crickets. And that's because many times it's the antithesis of what Instagram wants. We're not selling anything like goods, products, services. I'm not selling you a booty band, a diet tea, a lip gloss. I'm not telling you, you suck. I'm not over filtering. I'm not pointing and giving you like dumb fucking tips. I don't know. Just like dumb. It's just so that's the other thing is it's just like, it's when you go when you've been on TikTok enough and then you go back to Instagram and you're like, Oh, it's painful. It's painful. It's, it's painful. painful. It's actually painful. You know what it feels like? It feels I know like- what you're going to say. Cause I'm gonna say the same thing. Go, go do it. Okay. Let's see if it's the same thing. It feels like the hot girl from high school who like oh. comes to a cool art gallery opening that you're at in college. And you're just like, wow, I really thought that was really awesome back then. And you haven't changed. And we all have. Oh, that's beautiful. That's not where I was going. Where were you I was go? going to, it's the um, guy that you dated. And in the beginning, you thought the sex was really good. And then you realized the sex was crap and you broke up with him. And then a year later, you couldn't remember that the sex was crap. So you go back to him and you're like, oh, I forgot the sex is crap. And then you feel like gross. And you're like, oh, that's right. That's right. I'm going to go be single. I'm going to go be single. <laughs> That's also yeah. another, and either way, y'all, it's not great. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, and I want to just, sorry. No, go on a, on a, on a sort of macro level for a second, whether you choose to be on social media or not, this applies to your life. Okay. Go. You may have the people that really love you and understand you in your church and understand your message and who you are authentically and get you. And then you go home for Thanksgiving and your family doesn't get you at all. It's the same thing. It doesn't mean your message. It doesn't mean who you are authentically isn't good, isn't right, isn't true. It just means you haven't found your audience. Do you see why she has so many followers? God damn. Will you make a TikTok about that? Make that right now. I, 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 Fuck, right? That I was mean, good. That's true shit. It's not so true, but we end up believing our family at Thanksgiving dinner when they ignore us and we don't listen to our people at church or our people on our soccer team or whatever it is, whatever it is around the water cooler, whatever it is, we believe the negative, right? So this is something I struggle with, right? Like I look at the, oh, people didn't really like my stuff on Instagram. I'm like, really? Because people on TikTok are my homies. These people adore me and I adore them. And we become like friends or I'm like, Hey, Michelle, in my comments every day, like, yo, Michelle, let's do this together. You know, it's just, it's just so, it's so different, but it doesn't mean that my message isn't important, isn't successful, isn't ringing true with people. It just means that I have the wrong, I have the wrong audience. You have the wrong audience. And that's the piece that I really thoroughly enjoy freeing you from. I've freed myself from, Mm -hmm. um, and that I enjoy helping so many other really powerful people who clearly, right? Like Rochelle's got good shit to say. And it's just a matter of finding the right place for you. It doesn't, and it's so hard because it's so easy to internalize that as a failure of who you are as a person. And that's just not true. I would love for as many people that are on Instagram and loving Instagram to check out TikTok because 
there are just because Instagram is shiny and pretty and wants you to do all these things doesn't mean that that's what the people on there want. It's just what we're indoctrinated to be okay with. Right. So there are wonderful, amazing people who are still stuck on Instagram because they don't even know TikTok exists yet. Like yes. It's making me emotional to talk about. We just get so indoctrinated to that. This is what social media is. This is what life is. It is about putting up the pretty pictures. And when I explain to people what TikTok is, I like watch their mask come down. Yes. And they like to whisper under their breath, like, maybe I should get a TikTok. And I'm like, you absolutely should. You deserve to know that there's another way. There's a whole other world out there and you don't have to live according to to Instagram and feel shame and depression and anxiety every time you're on social media. You don't deserve that. Excellent TED Talk. I bought a ticket. I was in the front row. That was fucking great. Here's the... That was great. We need to be sponsored by TikTok. We should be sponsored by TikTok. TikTok, give us a call. Um, Yeah. You pinpointed one more piece that if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a business owner which so many of you are on this podcast and you're listening right now. And again, you threw another loofah, didn't you? You're running out of loofah. I know. So if you are one of those people, I really just want to sit with a second. We're going to look back at this in the way that we couldn't believe that people used to smoke and drink when they were pregnant. And it was like, oh, wow, that was a thing. You're going to look back and be like, we paid people to take professional photos of us to make us look like we just happen to be sitting in our office or our kitchen with a mug that says, you got it, girl. And then we put on top of that, a bunch of these things, you don't know what they're called, but back in the day, we called them filters. So like Mm -hmm. these like colors and, and masks literally that fit our face, Fake makeup, fake makeup digitally to make us look some other way than we were. And, we're going to try to explain that in the history books to people and be like, what the, in the way that like when they, ha- they wanted to make like the pictures color from black and white. Right. And they like redid all of the video. We're going to have to undo all of the filters and be like, what the fuck did everyone look like? And why were they putting dogs on their faces for a while? Like, what was that about? <laughs> Literally that's how it, it's going to feel y'all. And when you go to TikTok, you watch people that look like shit because guess oh, what? We God, all do. Yeah. We all do. Mm-hmm. Okay. They look like shit. They're eating cereal and they're just throwing down wisdom. Like they're just, they're just shooting the shit with you as they're pouring like their rice crispy treats being like, so this is what I think of colonialism. And you're like, yep. Yes. Yes. Over Cheerios. Yes. And I'm like, so that's it. That's, that's what we're here for. Looking back now. Okay. You're at zero followers again. This random ass freaking coach told you to get your ass on TikTok. Okay. And you still have this complex that you're not part of the cool kid table and that Instagram doesn't like you. And that means that maybe there's something wrong with you. What advice would you give to yourself again about showing up authentically without needing to have your dog die? Okay. Right. Right. Of course. Showing up authentically, just saying your shit, not having to look a certain way? Like what is the advice that you would give yourself one more time? So interestingly enough, I want to give her the advice as I would give anybody the advice. Do not show up authentically until you're ready. Oh, so this is where people have to be careful. People come to me like, Oh my God, you tell all your deepest, darkest secrets. You share all your shit. 
and I'm going to do that. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you have the support system behind you? Because mm-hmm. I got two coaches. I have a therapist. I have an unbelievably supportive set of parents. I have a best friend. As you guys know, you all want to have her now. <laughs> I have a support system behind me and I've done the work and the therapy to, sh- to be safe enough to show up authentically. To be seen. So to be seen because I'm, I've done and continue to do that work. So I actually don't give the advice of like, just go up on social media and be your authentic self. Interesting. Because you will get ripped apart. I mean, you will get some amazing people just champion you and be so grateful and you'll touch a bunch of lives and you will also be absolutely ripped apart and you have to be ready for that. And so I actually don't like when people are just like, well, I want to be big on TikTok. I I want people to see me. I want to be seen for my authentic self. So without any support system, and it doesn't have to be people. It could be Oprah. It could be a podcast. It could be your dog, whatever support system you need. Do not go out there and be your authentic self until you are actually ready. Mm, Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on this. That was a plot twist, y'all. I was not expecting that answer. I know. And I'm fucking here for it. I am here for it. And I want to give a little more context. So that was a really beautiful macro kind of view. Let's go micro for a second. And we'll end, we'll end somewhere around this. You've heard me say this before, but if not, come with me. Let's take a journey. Rochelle and I are going to take you onto how to begin to share your shit 101. All right. Here's my best advice. Piggybacking off of what she said. Imagine that your story is a river. Now, Rochelle knows this at nauseum because it's what I teach all the time. Imagine that your story is a river, whatever that story is. And maybe that story is how you chose to leave corporate. Maybe that story is how a boyfriend once hit you. Maybe that story is how that weird uncle touched you in a way that doesn't feel really great. Maybe that story is that you know that you're not supposed to be in this marriage. Maybe that story is how you fought body shame and dysmorphia and you're learning to eat again without a story. Maybe that story is that you really want kids and you're a single mom but you want another one by yourself. Maybe it's that you never want children. Whatever your bigger stories are, okay? All of them are valid. All of them are valid. But not everyone deserves access to every part of your story. And that's why boundaries are sacred. And vulnerability and authenticity does not mean that you get on TikTok and live stream your bikini wax. Mm -hmm. That's not authenticity. That's not vulnerability. That's not honoring your personal boundaries. So when you think of these stories that Rochelle and I share, you have to know that many times, and I can only speak for me, many times the writing that you see is things that I wrote three, four, five years ago. And much of the events that I speak about happened 10, eight, the the early, the oldest or whatever, like five years ago, maybe. Okay. It's not like it happened last week. And that's because I honor my own boundaries. When I start to share this story, I want you to imagine whatever that story is that, that's a big one that you know is going to help so many people. Imagine that it's like a river. And when you begin to wade into the river and you begin to share that, if it feels like it's going to go past your ankles and past your knees, anywhere past that, it begins to quite literally overwhelm you. You know that feeling. Your chest starts to get tight. It begins to feel like it could take you over. You've waded too deep. That's okay. That's okay. But that means stop. You don't have to let yourself be drowned in the name of service that doesn't actually serve anyone. Come back to the shore and rest. Don't share all of that story. Only share the part that feels up to your ankles. So 
for me on that TED stage was the very first time that I had shared that I had been in an emotionally and physically abusive relationship. It was the first time I shared why I left TV. One of those things had happened two years prior, the other one, 10 years prior. And it almost took me over and you can see it. You can see it. If you watch the Ted again in, in the video, like YouTube, you can see the moments where I'm wondering if I need to jump, like I'm about to lose it. And people said in the comments, Rochelle, she's faking it. She deserved to be hit. Did anyone ask why he had to drink so much? Sounds like, you know, she's just playing the victim card. I'd hit her for you. Don't worry. Why isn't she wearing shoes? She can't afford shoes. Like all kinds of, and I hid under a blanket for two days and Aaron got pizza and ate under a blanket fort with me. And I thought to myself, I had a complete vulnerability hangover. And I said, I'm never doing this again. What the fuck would I put myself through this? I'm signed up for a second Ted talk right now. And look at the response. Like what? And of course, right. That was like 20 comments out of the 2000 positive ones, but we only focus on those. And I didn't want to do it y'all. I did not want to do it. And he said to me, very truthfully, he said, that story is only for you to share. You get to determine and only you get to determine if you want to share that story and how and when. But some random ass troll who lives with his mom in the basement commenting on a random chick's YouTube video is not going to determine whether or not you share that story. And so I got back up and I did it again. And it is the bravest thing I did. Not the first, but the fact that I got up and did it again, that's the bravest part that I'm proud of. And that time it hit more than a million views. Yeah. And I tell that story because I want you to find some happy medium between being totally petrified and rightfully so over what Rochelle's sharing all the way to what you see of people essentially live streaming their bikini wax and finding what feels like a safe place for you that you don't have to share the whole story. You can share an ankle or a knee deep version and we may never hear the full version and that's not fake and that's not inauthentic. That's honoring boundaries because your stories are sacred. Thank you for coming to my yeah. talk. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I second that in the people look at myself and go, wow, you share everything. They absolutely do not share everything. There are so many things out there. I mean, I'm 39 and it wasn't <laughs> until I turned to my father at, you know, and a couple of weeks ago said, I want to do a TikTok about having, what it is to have gay parents. Are you okay with me sharing that? Cause I've never talked publicly about that. And he was like, fine, it's fine. I said, yeah, I, you could be watching millions of people. Are you sure you're okay with that? And so, and that, and that, then my father and I were ready to take that journey together. And there's still things that I may share in the future when I am ready emotionally to handle that. And there may be things that I never, ever share. So being authentic is not about sharing everything. So please look at my content and know she's still not sharing everything, but what she is sharing is authentically true. So it's yes. not about the amount or what it is. It's whatever you do share is authentically true. And knowing the right platform and space that it will be respectfully received, right? And what I mean by that is I go more deeply with my stories and with you here on a podcast 
because it's an even more intimate and curated experience and it isn't going to reach as many people for now at Mm -hmm. least as it would a TikTok video. And then when I'm on a coaching session, right? And I'm holding space. As Rochelle says, I think I still remember one of the greatest pieces of feedback a student ever gave me was that you said to me, oh, wow, you really let your students see you and you share stories and elements of you that I realize nowhere else am I going to see this part of you or this depth of like what I'm really scared about and how I've overcome it and what I do. Like, yeah, because that's the sacred place to do that. So I kind of think of it like a funnel and, you know, or like you're at a restaurant and like chips and salsa is the starter. Right. And then we get to the main course and the margaritas and like the whole thing. So like social for me is chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when we get down into like one-on-one coaching, which I do with Rochelle, I mean, that's like the five course meal with the flan and like the dancing mariachi band. Like that's the whole thing. But that's like a literally like 12 people. <laughs> Right. And then there's still things you say for Aaron that are just the after dinner drinks. Oh my God. Yes. And to the the point that when we go out, he'll take pictures of me and I'll be like, Oh my God, that's so cute. Send it to me. And he goes, no. And I'm like, why? And he'll say to this day, Oh no, there are so many pictures and moments that are just for me. No stranger Mm. on the internet deserves to see this kind of joy. That's, that's my Abby. And that (sighs) feels Beautiful. I get, I got mad for a while because I was like, damn, mm-hmm. but my ass looks really good. <laughs> you know, like shit. And he's yeah. like, Mm-mm. and now it makes me feel even more seen and safe because there are parts. And it's why I don't talk about him and I don't share a ton about our relationship because that's an important boundary. That's no mm-hmm. one's fucking business. And yeah. you need to be able to create that as you're moving forward. And I, I, that's the advice I gave Rochelle is like, don't be careful, be careful to have an entire world outside of social because it could go at any second. And you're not that it's not that you're not, not that, but you're so much more interesting than anything you could put together on a TikTok video, Rochelle. Yeah. It's just an aspect. Yeah. It's one part, right? Like a prism when the light comes through Mm -hmm. and it hits a certain color, that's not false, but it's also not the whole spectrum. Right. Or else why would people be friends with me in real life? Why would somebody date me in real life? Why would somebody bust into our DMs to be like, I have to date this girl if I shared everything with everybody, right? There has to be certain aspects and there gets to be aspects that I never share with another human being. Ever. Ever. And that's beautiful because boundaries are sacred. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram, so tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.